Hi, my name's Austin, and this is Dungeons & Dracon Beams. Previously on Dungeons & Dracon Beams. A little nose twitches, the only movement giving away this rabbit. They stand stock still, listening. Distantly, they could hear the noise of shuffling and predator noises, but it was muffled by the blocks. Feeling like there was no immediate threat, the rabbit slowly hopped away, snuffling through some grass and clover. It spent the morning traveling through the woods, deeper into the forest. The sound of a large animal walking through the brush of the forest startled them again into a frozen posture. Not a moment too soon, as a gray flash of fur went flying past them. A wolf. The second the smell of the predator fades out of their nose, the rabbit shot off into the thick underbrush. The noises from the predators that initially froze the rabbit was just talking. It was Zach leading Dylan and Aximili around. He had already given Dylan the tour of the internal structure and lower levels of Oscar's cabin that he knew so well, but the tour went to a much more difficult place. The graves of Oscar and Reese. They stood listening to Zach tell the story so far of the humanimals and how they had come to be in the situation they were in now. The sad grave of Oscar and the cold, empty memorial of Reese sit quietly before them, reminding them just how much they had already faced. Returning to the cabin interior, they joined Cameron and Savannah to begin the final watch of Katie. It won't be much longer until the yerk starves, and not knowing what to expect, the tinny sound that cries for help from the small monitor draws everyone's attention. Aximili becomes the face of the group, and he's the one to go in the room with Katie and her yerk, Lexar 454. The Yerk is getting desperate. Aximili, with the input of everyone else, is perfectly acting out the role of an indifferent Andalite trying to pull information from the Yerk. When it becomes clear to Lexar that they are not going to get what they want, they drop a new threat. They will die, but they will stay inside the body of the host, wrapped around their brain, and it will cause irreversible damage to them. Perhaps not physically, but mentally. Getting more desperate, the Humanimals try another bluff. They tell Lexar they will extract them from the host with the surgery, and they use a crystal to knock Katie out. The wolf crashing through the underbrush on their way past that rabbit leads them on a path to the human structure in the woods. On the porch, a teenage boy leans against the railing. Maitea does not know what his expression means, but it doesn't matter to her. She alerts him that she is there with a snarl. His immediate reaction is to turn, unafraid, and tell her that with his bear morph, she was toast. It was no time at all before the other Andalite, Aximili, and the humans he associated himself with all rush out of the house and surround their teammate, who seems to be agitated by their appearance. Maitea listens expectantly for the plan to rescue her father and is unimpressed when the short and annoying girl tells her that her plan is to prepare. That's it. No real plan. No action. She could have her father back by the end of the day, maybe the next day. And when that girl asks Maitea how much time they could have, Maitea is generous. She can easily enough understand why they wouldn't want their entire species destroyed, and the advantages of not putting herself at risk if these children would do it. It's pretty good. She gives them a week. Dejected and back in the cabin, everyone is starting to get a little fried. Even Dylan passing her own three-day mark is not met with the amount of relief it should have been, as Dylan has still not committed to join them in the fight, and the Katie situation is ongoing. Aximili heads back downstairs. He's going to threaten the Yerk one more time before they wake Katie up and give up on this ruse. He is accompanied by Savannah and Owlmorph, and as Aximili is speaking, Savannah hears something. A slick, scrunching sound moving slowly down the hallway. The Yerk. Savannah informs Aximili it's there, and when Aximili asks what to do, Savannah gives him the order to kill it, and he does. Katie has been freed. One of their enemy has been killed. It is a hollow victory. Zack decides to take it upon himself to wake Katie up and morph to the dog from behind Dylan's house. 
He breaks the crystal and she comes too. He starts by trying to comfort her when Savannah breaks in with thought speak, telling him to ask questions. Katie turns out to be a wealth of knowledge about the Yerks, and even better, she wants to tell them. She wants to tell the Andalites as they are pretending to be. Everything that she knows. They find out about the visitors, invasion plans, Yerk pool entrances, scheduling of events, and even weaknesses of the ships in orbit. They also find out that Katie was infested as a plant for Visor 2 to spy on her parents, who are mid-ranking controllers under Visor 3, and she cannot go home. She does have someone else, though, that she thinks she can trust, that can help her and that won't leave her alone. Someone she knows named Savannah. And that's where we are now. My name is Dylan. My name's Cameron. My name is Zach. My name is Savannah. My name is Aximilia Escaluth Estill. We can't tell you where we live. Or our last names. You're all in danger. Very real danger. The Yerks are infesting more people every day. There's too many of them. I'm not even sure if we can win. Oh, we can't win. Try. Maybe we can't. But we can fight. Our only hope is to hold them off until help comes. Who can know how long that will be? We have only one weapon. The Andalite morphing technology. And that's the ability to turn into any creature that we can touch. I still can't believe it. It's insane. I know. We were given this power by a brave ally named Alfangor. 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 Alfangor, who went against his people's wishes. He broke his people's laws. We fight for him. But we also fight for you. And for others. Fight for the entirety of Earth. Yeah, we've gained allies, but Matea. we've lost people along the way too. We've learned not to trust anyone. Not anyone. Nobody. Anyone. Anyone can be a Yerk. A controller. Even you. Hopefully it matters. A faint echo of Savannah's name rings out of the prison cell into the hallway and out of the speakers of the uh, monitor upstairs as Katie's uh, short blonde hair hangs down and frames her face in front of you, Zach. Um, Zach pauses and like if in case anybody wants to butt in with an idea, but if he doesn't hear anything in a couple seconds, he's just going to say... Uh, It's unlikely that any humans would be able to help us, but we will look into this. Is there any other information that you feel is useful that you could tell us? She, like, racks her brain a little bit. You know, actually, yeah, I, I can tell you another entrance. Uh, a, a hotel? Something about a freezer in a hotel. I didn't go there, but one of the... Uh, one of the Yerks that I worked closely with, that's that's where they went. Um, I'm going to sort of pretend to be containing exasperation, if that makes sense. And I want to be like, there there are many hotels in this city. The, uh, the wind ride, the wind shore, something like, something like that. Okay, I, I will see what we can do with this information. I've, I've never been there. I just know, know about it. 
Um, to the rest of the team, I'm going to switch gears and I'm just going to go, does anyone have any cash we can give her to help get her out of town? I believe we will want to discuss that plan a little further before we jump into that. Okay. any cash. Tell him I don't have any cash, Max. Cameron says he does not have any cash. Cameron, there's $20 in your wallet right now. I don't have my wallet. I don't believe that this is, uh, we need to talk about this right now, Cameron. Yeah, you wouldn't say that if you didn't have any money. Uh, just to Savannah, Zaxon, go, alright, is there anything else you want me to ask her? I can't think of anything right now, so let's leave it for a bit, I guess. Should I, like, leave her in the cell? Like, Yes. Okay. Alright. Um, then to her again, I'm just gonna say, uh, we have to make some final preparations before we allow you to leave. It won't take long, but we will ask you to remain here. Oh, you're, you're leaving me in here? Again, it, it won't be for long. We have to help make preparations for your escape, for your departure. I'm not, I'm not going to run. Nevertheless. I thought you all were the good guys. Uh, Zach's just going to like say to Savannah, like, she's making some good points. Tell her that we can't, um, we, we can't let her see where we are in case she's recaptured. Tell her that, and whoever's next to me. Dylan says to, we can't let her be recaptured. Basically, yeah, it gives you everything. I wouldn't normally do this, but you've been through a great deal, so I will explain further. We, we have to prepare for your departure in that you cannot see where we are in case you are recaptured. This is a, a security measure. Add in that it's for her protection as well. This, this is also for your protection. Just allow us to complete these these preparations, and we will be back for you, I promise. Would you like uh, something to eat? It just looks like another cell to me. I understand. And I'm sorry that we can't be more accommodating. And then I head back upstairs. Are we going to need me to go back down there anytime soon, or can I do more... You can demorph. If anybody's going back down there soon, it's going to be Aximili. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Zach returns to boy form. It's probably very clear from his expression he's unhappy. He, yeah, I don't like how this went down. It's pretty clear on his face. Like, I don't like having to leave her down there. We. I just want to make her feel better. Like, she's been through a lot of shit, man. I know, you're right, like, we gotta, I know we gotta be smart about it, I'm just saying. If we can be quick, that'd be, you know, I'd feel better about it. I'm not exactly thrilled that she's down there either, Zach. No, I, I know, I know, I'm not saying you are. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go outside for a minute, I'll, I'll be right back. 
Zach, like, just wants to go outside and kind of take a minute. I think at that point, Savannah will turn to Aximilian and say, Remind me again your list of morphs. I have. You can focus on larger things, not insects, not small birds, not small, small animals. I, I have a human morph. I have an elephant, a dolphin. Those are all my medium to large size morphs. I have birds as well. Bat? Anything like lemur or anything like that? What is a lemur? Small. Uh, Oh, I have a. I do have a um, possum. No. Cuffet bird? Definitely no. That's okay. Never mind. Yes. A viper. Definitely not a viper. I was going to see if we could continue the ruse here and go in, bring her something to eat as an animal that would be comforting to her and then demorph into Andalite so she doesn't suspect that we were morphing a dog to cover up something else. Ah, I see. Well, that plan's done. By the way, and I'm not... I need you to know that I'm not mad, but you... You knew that Zack was following us, right? When we were watching you? Yeah. I did. I had asked him to cover me in case I slipped. Okay. It's just pretty weird, right? That the one thing that he knows about me is that I know Katie, and the one thing that he knows about Katie is that she had seen me morph, um, and then he morphed the dog behind my house. That was pretty weird, right? Savannah, I don't think, ever saw that dog. So Savannah's going to say, you morphed a dog from behind your house? Yeah. This news to me. Okay. What did you think he was attempting to do? No, I just don't. I don't think he thought about it. You were probably correct about that. And I think Savannah's just not going to know what to do with this. Because, like... (laughs) It's she is getting frustrated in the same vein that Dylan is now, but she doesn't want to like say anything to Dylan about like her her feelings on the matter at this point. So I think she'll just start to demorph from Owl and go back to her human form now. Thirty three seconds later, because you're a little slowing down. Jeez, you're tired. After about five minutes, I think Zach's just gonna like take a lap around the yard, around the tree line. And then he'll just come back in. Once Zach is in and we're all back together, I think that's when Savannah is going to turn to Dylan and say, okay, what have you, not to rush you, have you considered what you're going to do? I don't, oh God. I can't know all this and sit back and do nothing. I can't do it. I know that. But I can't agree to this if I know that there's no way that my dad's going to know what happens to me if I don't come home. That's more than fair. 
So if we can find a way to tell him down the road, yes, I'm in. I'm sure we can do that. Down the road. I mean, like, after everything's out in the open, or... If anything happens. If we can find a way to put something into place to where he knows what happened... I'll do it. I'll do anything. She doesn't want our dad to be like Rhesus. I think that perhaps with some planning, that's possible. I could maybe like set up a, I could set up some kind of program that would send an email. I don't know, and you gotta like type in a password once a week to keep it from being sent. You know what I mean? Like, so as long as you're around, you can type in the code. So if you ever don't type it in, then it gets sent to the email. I don't love that. I mean, it feels like a lot of things could go wrong, but that's just the first thing I think of. Savannah's going to look at XML and say, well, what about like, like what Alfangor left us? That is an ARN technology. We would need another one to be able to to do that. Okay. Okay. Dylan, how figured out do you need this plan right now? I don't. As long as we're working toward it, I trust that you guys will help me do that. Cameron will, like, be behind her, kind of, like, nodding. Looking at Dylan. So, do you guys want some sandwiches? <laughs> oh, I'm hungry. I got a new recipe, man. No, thank you. Nobody wants your ham and banana and whatever. Uh, I'll make it vegetarian. I'll put a fish on it instead. That's not... Oh, my God. No, that fish are um, not vegetables, bro. Oh, that's vegan. No. I'll just make myself one. Okay. Uh, Max, I will... Yes, actually. Yes, I will take one. (laughs) No problem. Walks into the kitchen. Still within earshot, and he can hear you guys, and if he needs to chime in but can you make a not disgusting sandwich for Katie that we can take down to her so do you so do you want my new recipe or a a, no. a disgusting sandwich no 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 what no. should I put on it just like a regular one man peanut butter and banana or jelly no honey no no Ham. Okay. Fine. I'll do it. And he starts making it. That's so gross. I will take the ham. Sandwich montage. Max, you want me to cut it in half? 
Nerd. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> Who taught him that? God. Oh, no. Dylan is going to, like, find the closest source of looking at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and say, Zach, I, I think we gotta go. Yeah, I know. Um, all right, really quick. Did we stuff any, like, stash any um, cash in the cabin? Uh, I'll give you guys a hundred dollars that you you put here just just in case. I'm gonna go to that drawer or whatever and pull it out and hand it to Savannah and go. I know it's like the last thing that you need to think about, but um, you know, please try to help her like get going or wherever she's got to go. And he just like leaves it on the table by Savannah. Savannah's gonna give it back to him and say, first of all, I have my wallet here." And trying to get Katie where she's going to go is literally the only thing I've been thinking about for multiple days now. I meant, you know, the actual, you know, ticket buying or whatever. Yeah, I've got it covered. Okay, alright. Zach, uh, just nods. Turns around. He, like, sticks his head in the kitchen. He's, Bye, guys. You leaving? Yeah, we, we gotta get back. I'm grounded. She's got a meeting or something. Alright, uh... Take care. Be safe. Yup. And Dylan's gonna turn to Savannah and be like, uh, if you wanna come over later, just pop over. I Clearly I don't have a phone yet, but... Just come over. appreciate it um i'm i might stay here i have to do some more thinking about what to do okay and we have a lot of plans to figure out very quickly do you need me to come back later is that possible i mean i can sneak out Um, and then Savannah's just gonna actually <laughs> we have phones at the cabin Savannah's just gonna like what are you morphing to go back uh, I guess I was gonna carry Zach so I think I'm going horse for a bit no we're gonna have to fly um, we we missed the bus we could fly together for a little in fact I could probably fly you by your house I'm not going straight home but oh okay if you can carry the phone, because I don't think that a hummingbird is going to be good to carry a phone. And if you're going straight to the meeting, you'll probably need something to carry your clothes as well. Oh, crap. I got to figure that out. Zach just kind of like cracks his shoulders and his neck and goes, sounds like I'm going shoe, Bill. No. Terrifying. <laughs> All right. I will attract every birder. Ever. I need to get a pelican. Pelicans have like a briefcase for a beak. I saw it on Animal Planet. Was that the exact wording? Yeah. David Attenborough nice. was like, the famous briefcase pelican. It's like a kangaroo pouch for a bird. Ah, Cameron knows what's up. Maybe we can come by your house later and 
do a zoo trip. Wait, mine or Dylan's? <laughs> to Dylan's house. Uh, maybe we can go by Dylan's house and do a zoo trip. We're gonna need some firepower, especially if we're, especially if we're going to the Yerk Pool in the very near future. It sounds like Max could use some more options too. You might want to grab it him. Does sound like Max could use some more options, but we also need somebody here for Katie. And I'm always down for the zoo. If you want to grab me, you know. Okay. Dylan, you'll be at home tonight? Mm-hmm. All right. I'll figure this out. Okay. Yeah, so, like, if we got to carry a bag and stuff, um, I can go orangutan, and you can just follow me as a hummingbird, and, like, we'll get to the edge of the woods and figure something else out. Maybe we'll just have to go human at that point. We walk or something. Okay. Cool. Zach's going to start morphing <laughs> to kombucha. Just right here. If he's got his bag, we know he has a skateboard attachment place on his bag, so he probably has his board too. So we can just shove Dylan's clothes into Zach's bag and we'll strap it on. And Savannah will be grabbing, like helping grab stuff up and everything. And she'll grab Dylan's laptop and slide it into the bag and say to Zach, and you reviewed this all right too, and like hand it over. No, I didn't actually check the video. Is that what you're talking about? should do that okay and then as an orangutan he's just gonna like throw it on the table and crack it open and big meat fingers doing it you scrub through this video they don't move much but there's a point at like two in the morning where dylan gets up to go get and you see like she walks behind the couch into the kitchen you can still see her like midsection as she opens the fridge then you don't see her for like half a second as the fridge is open but as she closes it she pulls milk and oreos out goes lays back down keep scrubbing and about what looks to be like matching up the time code 5 30 ish in the morning a figure walks past the couch the behind the couch uh stops over dylan keeps walking towards the hallway comes back puts a thick cover over dylan like leans down kisses her head you see it's her dad and then she walks or he walks upstairs Keep scrubbing. Uh, eventually, you hear the sound of Savannah's uh, alarm waking her up. It looks clean. He's going to shift delete the video so it just automatically deletes, it doesn't go to the recycle bin. And then he'll hand it over. Yeah, she'll just pack it up, whatever else. Probably shoes. Probably Dylan's shoes. Nice shoes. And uh, hand the bag over. As he's leaving, Savannah will say, "Hey, do you think you'll do you think you'd have time to go let Possum out?" Oh, oh yeah, totally. Okay, thanks. Uh, so you're gonna be a bird, or are you gonna like run? Uh, yeah, probably a bird. I think that will be fastest, maybe. Um. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get these clothes. I'm going to do it. I'm getting these clothes. I believe in you. If not, I'll pack up your clothes. Okay. Dylan, Dylan's going to do like a bunch of stretches. And just really, really imagine the clothes staying on. Do you want encouragement? Like, do you want, you want to cheer you on? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of want that. 
You start hearing like orangutan noises. <laughs> as you begin to morph, you hear the hoots in the background as as Zach's cheering you on. But the clothes start to expand with your body or shrink with your body, but then you notice it's just like the folds in them and they're not really getting smaller. They're just curling around you. It's the elastic. I got distracted by the hoots. I, I giggled. Oh, my bad. Um, do you want to <laughs> deep the try again? Uh, kinda. Okay, I'll, I'll turn my back. You're going to want to come out of the clothes before you demorph, you're going to get tangled up. Alright, yeah, wiggle my little, my little homie bird body out. I'll like, I'll, like, get her shirt and, like, shake her out. <laughs> no, not like that. Don't shake. I'm so little. So Zach starts to, like, shake the shirt, and Savannah's like, no, you idiot. <laughs> Waiting for the hummingbird to just get scrambled and, like, break its leg in there. You just hear Dylan, oh, 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 She falls out of the shirt beak first and just goes, <laughs> uh, and Dylan will sort of, you know, fluff herself out and then morph back to Dylan. <sighs> and then put her clothes back on. I got this. I got this. I'm going to do it. I've got this. I've got it and I'm going to do it. Okay, you guys? Tell me I'm going to do it. You're, you're going to do it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fucking happen. Okay. Okay, I'm going to do it. Here I go. I'm going to do it. Concentrate hard. And then a minute later, you're in a pile of clothes again. Uh, Third time lucky or? I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Totally. And she fluffs herself up again and then remorphs Dylan and just sits there for a second. She's just like, I'm going to do it. Y'all think I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Okay? No, I'm going to do it. Listen, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. She's going to do just, it. You know, imagine that the, the clothes are like really part of your skin as you're, you know, going, you got to picture the morph in your head and like, you know, the feather patterns, how they pop up on your skin. Picture them popping up on the, on the, on the shirt too. Like, you know, like it's really part okay. of you. Okay, all right, all right. And she like she starts to rub her arms, like she's kind of pressing the the clothes into her skin, like she's just smooshing it, trying to make her feel it. Your um, team cheering you on, Dylan. You feel like you feel as confident. If you're gonna get it, this is gonna be the time. I'm gonna do it, she says one last time, and then she scrunches up her face and starts to morph. No. <laughs> As you finish and your eyes are closed, before you even open your eyes, Cameron says, "Now nah, you, you'll get it next time. Next time you'll get it." I don't think I'm gonna. You will. Oh, I don't think I'm gonna get it. it. Took a lot longer for several other members of our team to get it. Okay. Yeah, not you, Savannah. So good at morphing clothes. What, first try? Cameron rolls his eyes. That we, we weren't going to say that part, Cameron. That was the oh. part that we were going to keep to ourselves. Oh, yeah. It took me a little while, though. <laughs> Zach? Yeah, no, I was naked for like our first five missions. Yeah. 
I've saw Zach's butt like 16 times. I said five, bro. And then we got the powers. (laughs) (laughs) What does this mean? Don't worry about it, man. He's going to start folding the clothes up and putting them in the bag. (laughs) Like, we're done. Oh my gosh, it's so cute. (laughs) Oh yeah, giant orangutan, like, sitting on his big butt, just folding a little tiny shirt. All right, um, you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. And then I'm going to run to a tree and climb up and start swinging. And Dylan's going to, like, land on Savannah and be like, let me know if you need me. And then flit off behind him. Savannah, you watch as they enter into the tree line and a few minutes later, they're out of your sight range. Cameron's standing at the door watching with you and he's got two plates in his hand. One of them has all of the ingredients on the sandwich and the other has just what you all asked for. Savannah will grab the one that's just what just what she asked for um, and take it in towards Aximili and say, Aximili, would you be willing to go with me? As you walk in, Aximili is has just finished his human morph and is standing like right near Cameron and Cameron hands him the other plate. She'll say the exact same thing. Aximili, would you be willing to Never mind. We'll give it a few minutes. Yes. And he goes right into it and Cameron looks at you and he says, I told you it was good. Look how much he likes it. Aximili, do you actually enjoy that sandwich? It is very flavorful. The the palate is everywhere. It hits every single bud in this on this fleshy little piece of meat inside my mouth. And it's wonderful. It's sending synapses off into my brain. I love it. Told you. Cameron, I don't think that means it's a good tasting sandwich. I think he just means he has lots of taste happening. The only improvement would be the little brown soft cotton balls that you find on the ground all around the uh, streets. Wait, what? Yes. Sometimes they have a burnt in on the end of them. If you put those things on this thing. Oh, boy. Yoy, yoy. Yeah, I think he just proved my point. Because I think he's just eating trash off the streets sometimes. Savannah, what's one man's trash is another man's potpourri. What? What is that? I don't know. Some kind of soup. I don't think you eat potpourri, Cameron. No, I don't. I don't think anyone does. I'm pretty sure it's toxic. I would try it. Yeah, he would try it. Have you? I don't like this. Okay. Um, I'll just let you finish your sandwich. Is there sand in this? And it looks under the bread. Nope. And I actually don't know why it's called it sandwich i've heard i've heard this i've heard tale of why it's called a sandwich named after someone in a place called sandwich but i don't know if that's true i would like to hear the tale one day it's just a earl of a place which is a guy who kind of has some power over a place and he liked to play 
cards and gamble, and he wanted his food one day, but he didn't want to leave the table, so he asked for the food to be contained between two pieces of bread, and he was the Earl of Sandwich, and they called it Sandwich. I don't know if this is true. Genius. Yeah, that that is smart. It's like a plate that you can eat. You can eat any plate. No, you can't. Can't eat a, a, a ceramic plate. You can try. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you can do it. You can try to fly. I can fly. Well, so can I. But we're... Listen. And they just go on for like a minute until uh, Max finishes his sandwich. Cameron, have you given Aximili any of the Uncrustables that you have in the freezer back at Pacific Towers? Savannah. Yeah? Don't tell him about those. What is an Uncrustable? Nothing, man. She's... Shut up, Savannah. No. No, Savannah. Don't tell him about the uncrustables. Don't so do many. it. No, they will go quick. I need the protein. For what? Football and war. At uh, when he says and war, I think then she'll. <laughs> She's going to immediately back off because that's like, he's kind of snapped her back into this. We're still in a very tense situation right now. Like she was kind of feeding into the the playing around and the goofiness of it and like trying to join in because she's also being very stressed. Now you've snapped her back and she's just going to kind of walk off into the other room to go look back at the monitor. And you see Katie with her uh, head in her hands. Sitting on the chair. She will sit there and wait. She'll have the sandwich kind of nearby to protect it from Maximilian, but she'll just wait until they're done with their stuff. Yeah, you hear, you know, some fun conversations, what you would expect between those two. The only thing she's going to do is right now is wait for Aximili to come back. And then she's off to her own planning session. She's got cue cards, note cards, paper, jotting stuff down, writing scribbles everywhere. But she'll just have it spread on like a corner of the table that Aximili's not working on. And that's all she wants to do right now. Uh, just a little while later, you hear the sound of the demorph as Aximili becomes an Andalite again. And he joins you in his little planning room. That I've rudely taken over part of. Yeah. Uh, Aximili, would you take the sandwich down to Katie? Yes. Will you be accompanying me? If, you, if you'd like me to. Um, I was... It's fine with me. It's, you just wanted to give her the sandwich. You know what? If you could also just maybe do something like ask if she was at a good enough point to see you in your Andalite form now. Just, I just want to play up that we are all Andalites here. So you want me basically to give her a reason why I'm in, she, that she, we trust her to see our, our true forms now. Is that right? Please. 
Yes. And he, uh, it takes him about two minutes to get all the way down there into the room. See, uh, you hear a thought speak before he gets to the door. And he says, uh, hello. And she looks up. He says, uh, I'm going to enter the room now in my true form. We believe that you are not enough of a threat or you're not enough of a threat to do anything if you are, if we are seen in our true forms. So I will show you. And he opens the door and walks in and she looks up. See, it is me, an Andalite. And he walks over and he says, are you hungry? Uh, gestures the plate towards her and she looks up. Uh, yeah. And she reaches out, grabs the plate, starts to eat it. She Not the plate. She eats the sandwich on the plate. She eats the ceramic plate and Aximilia is like, ha ha. <laughs> you are safe with us. We will not let them have you back. Uh, and then private thought speak. Yeah. Anything else, Savannah? She can't thought speak back to you. She's not morphed, so she won't say anything. But when, as she's listening in to this conversation happening, I think she will. The first part, she's going to be like, what the fuck, Aximilia? <laughs> like, what, what the hell? Uh, but then when he is, like, when he switches kind of to more, like, not awkward speech, I think she'll just, she'll have a bit of a smile as he's doing that. But uh, she can't respond, so. She, she won't. I forgot. You cannot respond. There is a, a button on the keyboard. It looks like a... Uh, it's above the one. There's a line with a, a dot in, underneath it. If you press that, it will make a beeping sound in here. One beep for yes. Two beeps for no. Three beeps for wait. Maybe. Shit. Press. Do you need to morph? Savannah's going to start morphing. One. As he's starting this and giving her a yeah, like one for this, two for this, she's going to start morphing. Uh, just trying to get to, to, like, she's going to owl and she's going to try to get into thought speak f as fast as possible. As, uh, for about 34 seconds, <laughs> Aximili stands just staring at Katie, like them just looking at each other as she eats her sandwich and he's waiting for you to respond. But he doesn't say anything to you, you just wait. Aximili, why would I do a series of beeps? We have thought speak, she knows that. What are you doing? I... I do not know. I am... That... That sandwich was... It was very filling. And it is... I've been thinking about it, I'm sorry. All right. Uh, no, I don't think you have to do anything else. I'm sorry to make you waste your morph. It's fine. We... Um, can I call her by her name? I believe we have. Have we? Yes, you would know it. Katie. She looks up. You are safe with us, but we must reconvene at a later time. Um, if you need anything, he like gest he looks over and gestures towards where the camera is. Look into that and and talk to us, and one of us will come. 
every time you need. You are safe here. You are only captive for a little while longer. But we will return. She just kind of like shakes her head at that and goes back to her sandwich. He turns and starts to head for the door. Tell her that we'll figure out a way for her to talk to her friend. He stops and he looks over his shoulder. And we will also figure out a way for you to talk to your friend. And see what we can do with that. Uh, She looks up at that. Because she's been so dejected. And like so run down and hurt by what has been going on. And you know just hit with a a ton of emotions. When he says that and, and she looks up. There's like just the smallest glimmer of something good something hopeful and she says uh thank you he nods back to her walks out and shuts the door As you swing through the branches and Dylan flits behind you, Zach, are you heading straight for Ocean Grove? Yeah, um, I don't think there's any reason to like detour towards because I feel I, I sort of imagine the bus stop is like a, an angle this way, but Ocean Grove is like straight further down. Yeah, you have to go like off the beaten path to get to the cabin. And... I'm heading. I'm heading towards just the north of town. Um, I mean, without an, a map, it's probably not going to be too exact, but. I want to try to stay in the woods as long as I can and then get up to civilization and then we can demorph. You're traveling for a little while. Uh, Dylan, you can stay behind him or move forward. You can move faster if you want. Which way was the festival ground? Is that the same direction? Yes. Dylan is like sort of flitting, keeping pace with Zach, but sort of flitting around and as soon as she notices anything that looks even vaguely familiar, she's like, hey, should we should we check out the festival ground and see if there's anything left? Oh, I mean, like, they would have broken down all the rides and stuff, I think, but, um... Yeah, but, no, like, you know, Crash. Oh, um... Yeah, we just need to, we need to stay far away from it, like... Let's not get too close. Okay. Yeah, like I can flit around the perimeter or something. Oh! I could check the cave for my stuff. Um, yeah. Definitely. As, as long as... Like I said, as long as we're careful and we don't see any, you know... You know, large green-bladed aliens, then I guess we're good. You know. Yeah. Uh, so... At some point, Zach is gonna kind of be like well so hey um congrats you know welcome welcome to the team is that is that that's official now like thanks um in in the spirit of teamliness i may have made people mad at you oh that's not new okay but why though well because you know, tensions have been high and I've been a little emotional. 
And then you morphed my neighbor's dog. And I didn't, I didn't not know. Zach's going to like miss a branch. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, um. I didn't not know that you were following, but I didn't know that you were following, you know? Um, but you do know that I know Katie and Katie saw me and then you morphed a dog she might know. Um, I, I forgot that you knew Katie, actually. Um, and I really wasn't thinking about where I got the dog, just that he was really cute. She is really cute. I was, I was, I was really just trying to make her feel as good as possible in that situation. Um, I am sorry for, you know, sneaking around. We had no, to, no. You know, we had to. That, yeah, that's not something to be sorry about. I think it would have been really dumb for, like, to send Savannah into a situation where she doesn't know if I'm trouble and yet she's alone with me. That would have not been cool. That's not what I'm upset about at all. I'm not even upset. I just, I, it was a moment that it caught me off guard, okay? Yeah, that's it. It caught me off guard. My bad. Um, hey, what's the dog's name, though? Samus. Sam, like, Samus around? Yeah. Like for Metroid? That's cool. Yeah, my neighbor's a huge gamer. I, uh, yeah, I, I used to main her in, um, and then awkward conversation die, I think, is probably what happens. <laughs> and then, I don't know, 20 minutes later. Anything looking familiar? Zach, as you, you start to get in and, and swing in, um, you do start to see, like, tire tracks where they, like, might have brought in the rides or the uh, booths, uh, like, the food booths and stuff. Dylan, you, as you're, like, flitting around above, like, you know, going off a little bit, looking around, you do notice, uh, like, the path that you took away from, like, where the the crash was, that, uh, you know, where you swung that stick and hit the hort bajir and then uh, you kept taking, you took off more, you are, like, that's where you find yourself at, that path right there, and you know that that leads up a little ways to where the cave is. Sweet. I'm, then Dylan's gonna flit around Zach's face and be like, I think I think my clothes and stuff are up here. And like she's gonna go that direction a little and then stop and then come back. Oh, yeah, no, um, lead the way. I'll follow. Do you want me to swoop a perimeter and just make sure that yeah. there's nobody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Um, Zach will go high and like he'll find a tall tree and try to go high and like look around too. Zach, you, you climb to the top of this tree and like you're looking around and pointing out places. Your branch starts to, the one that you're on up high in this tree starts to crack and you fall and you manage to catch yourself. Um, but Dylan, that noise like makes you kind of like turn your head for just a second and you don't run into a branch, but you do run into like this bush and like for just a minute you're inside this bush. You don't lose your bearings. You you get yourself together and you manage to like uh, pop up out of the top of the bush after a minute. But you guys don't see any orc was here. That's good. Did our noise attract <laughs> anything? Uh, not that you noticed. Perfect. Great. So Zach, Great. I guess, knows that he just fell out of a tree and 
Dylan knows that she was in a bush, but we both just go, no, it's probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see nothing. Nothing but twigs and berries. And then she does like a little a little hummingbird pit. Move a little further and get to the cave. Dylan, you fly right up and Zach, it's easy enough for you to climb your way up. As you look into the cave, it's pretty dark in there. As the sun is starting to set. Zach takes out his Nokia phone from inside the backpack and turns it into a flashlight. As you put the uh, flashlight up and you're fluttering around and look in, Dylan, uh, as soon as the light goes in, a swarm of bats just goes out and it's hard to see anything. Uh, They, like, surround both of you as they fly out. Oh, no. I think that Dylan is actually going to land, uh... And demorph, and sort of feel around on the wall, trying to feel for the place that she tucked over and grab the bat. As you finish demorphing, and with like you know maybe Zach turning away and shining his light in. Oh, Zach's actually taking the bag off and getting her morphing outfit back out. And as you like feel around where you were, you do feel uh, soft you know, your clothes, and then right beside it, your boots. Still there? Nice. Is my phone still there? <laughs> uh, you, yeah, you feel it in your pocket? Your phone is there. Oh, sweet. Is it still on? Uh, nope. It doesn't have that. <laughs> uh, Alright, uh, Dylan's gonna, like, grab those clothes and her boots and everything and take them out of the cave. Just be like, yes! Oh, Zach is sort of still inside the cave near the front, holding out your morph clothes. <laughs> <laughs> just forget about uh, it, just if, go straight by yeah, him? Yeah, if she didn't see that, then she just goes right by him. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> He'll knuckle walk out. Actually, he's holding the clothes in one hand, so he tries to, like, kind of, you know, monkey walk out. Um, you want, you want these? Yes, yeah, I would rather have the cleaner clothes. And she's going to put the morphing outfit back on. Well, you know, it's a proposed, supposed, one-day morphing outfit, maybe. Are we going to walk from here, you think? We could get to a bus or something? Uh, yeah, I might be a little late if we do that, but I think that would be fine. She's going to be, like, sitting down on the ground, like, shoving her hands in her boots, trying to make sure that there's no spiders in there. Just, like, timidly. <laughs> oh, no. Nothing bites you. Um, Zach, Zach takes them and like takes. He just like reaches over with a giant hand and takes both boots, and then claps them together upside down, <laughs> and then hands them back. A couple of ants fall out. Why do you keep trying to make us work what? ants? What it's not about? gonna happen, man. You gotta trick us. Anyway, dude, what do you mean? What? I would never. Um, then Zach starts demorphing. Yeah, I'm going to get dressed like Zach's got to change of clothes in the bag and all that stuff. Um, He'll also get out one of his uh, spare chargers, like battery chargers that he keeps in his bag, and hand it to Dylan and go, you could charge your phone with that if you want. No, I can't turn the phone on yet. Nope. Okay. And he'll just put it back in his bag. I'm going to take it home, and I'm going to put it in some rice and let my dad see that it's in rice. Smart. Like, like you you went out today and found it. Yeah. um, And it was all, Okay. Yeah, um, you want to, like, get some mud on it? That's a good idea. 
Yeah. But I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it though. I don't want to actually ruin my phone. Um. Here, I got. I can. I can help with that. And like, can I put mud on it in places that it won't actually damage the phone? For sure. Nice. Yeah. And then like, as he's handing it back, like, just avoid like the point, the ports here, and like, try not to get anything too gritty on the screen. You should be okay. Nice. She's gonna just like shove it in her back pocket. Well, in her pants pocket that is folded. Her other clothes that she's not wearing. <laughs> I think Dylan is just gonna like take her backpack back from Zach. He like gives um, Dylan back her bag and uh, gets it like he unstraps his board. We make small talk. It's cool. Uh, as we walk through the woods, can I like see if there's anything left of the crash? I guess Zach will look through. This was the pretense we came out here for. As you guys are talking and, you know, making the small talk, you're both looking back and forth, looking around for anything left from the ship. And you do it enough to where you can go near the site, but not get exactly, you know, right there on the site where it is. And you see that that site is like just burnt like it almost it looks burnt but it's like just barren like in that area where the the crash was uh and as you guys look in there dylan you look thoroughly from where you are in that area and don't see anything nothing left but as you guys keep moving and are talking zach you look down where you are like near the site and you see this uh buried where just like the very end of it is out of the ground, out of the like grass, uh, just a metal piece. And uh, it looks like a flat black metal. Um, yeah, Zach's going to walk over to it. And if he sees like a stick, he's going to grab a stick and like kind of poke at it. And you poke it, it's pretty solid. And uh, Dylan, you can you can see him now poking at this piece of metal and you see it as well. Um, do the edges look sharp or jagged or anything? Um, as you like bend down and look closer to it, there's only about two inches of it that's out of the ground, but there is like a, the side of it looks like it is a jagged piece of metal and it could cut you if you uh, grabbed it wrong. Okay, so very carefully, I'm gonna grab it and try to try to lift it out. Is it pretty loose dirt? Uh, as you like grab it and start to pull on it doesn't budge too much you can feel there's a little give but you can't just pull it out with just your fingers all right i'm gonna try to like dig around it a little bit and loosen it out just being careful not i want to be careful not to cut myself yeah you start to dig around in the dirt it doesn't take you long to loosen it up enough that you can grab it and then with a little bit of force not a whole lot pull it out and uh as as you pull it out this piece of metal is about uh two feet long and it's like the bottom part of it is thicker than the the end of it It like it's it's jagged so it's not like fully straight but it does lengthwise it's about two feet and it it like goes back and forth and the edge is sharp like as you get further to the point the edge is sharp where it narrows zach kind of like grabs it and um I think he ra- he like takes his shirt off and like wraps it around it to try to cover the blade and like just sh- shoves it down on his backpack as best he can. Found a cool piece of metal. Bitchin'. Yeah. If I find another one, you can have it. 
Nice. Zach doesn't really look hard anymore, though. No, actually, no, he would, because he wants more. As you guys keep moving, Dylan, you do see, like, as he's dug this all around, you look over and you see uh, another little piece of that shard. And this one is smaller. This one only is about six inches long. But it's uh, just another shard. And, like, this one has, like, a slim... uh, One end of it is kind of slim, and then it curves out and, like, it's thicker on the other end. Um, But it... Is also like a jagged piece of metal on one side. The other side is kind of flat. She grabs it and she's like, matchy, matchy. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Cool. I didn't see anything else, though. No, we should come back here eventually and look. Like, find something that digs good holes or something. And see what we can find. Like a shovel? the dirt uh well i yeah but i was thinking an animal but a shovel would work actually now that you say that that would probably be faster yeah you're right oh i was thinking like a metal detector dang that would be smart i mean i'm all for like let's get a badger or something yeah i just i want to be a mole so bad you know i just feel like you know, if there was a meteorite, a meteorite crashed here, then like, there's gonna be weirdos out here with metal detectors, right? Yeah. Looking for cool shit. Yeah. And then we just look like everybody else. Yeah. Only we'll have a cool sword. Yeah. I want to make a sword. When he like keeps pointing at the metal. <laughs> you should totally make a sword because it's gonna be so cool. I'm gonna make a sword. Oh yeah. Are you going to get, like, a cool, like, like over-the-shoulder holster thing? Yeah, like a... a, a like a, a harness sheath. holster? Sheath? Yeah. yeah, but, like, the harness like Ninja itself. Like style? Yeah. Deadpool? Nice. Yeah, I, I might be able to make two, and then... <sighs> and then orangutan with swords. Definitely. Why is that so terrifying? Uh, because they're big and strong, and then you add swords on top of it. So it's just more danger. Huh. Yeah. You can do a hummingbird with like a little knife. Like, like a tiny knife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about like, what about like a metal beak knife? Yes. Hell yeah. Like a little, like a muzzle kind of, but like. Yeah. But like a, like a drill. I can just like flit up and just slash oh you want oh yeah yeah hell yeah we get some needle nose pliers and just kind of bend like a little sheath and I'm down (laughs) we'll make something for everybody Uh, we are saying this as we're walking though yeah we're walking (laughs) fully discussing like just outfitting all of the human animals battle morphs Uh, well I guess hummingbird is Dylan's battle morph (laughs) 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 gotta get them DPS son yeah <laughs> As we're walking, he's gonna be like, "We gotta get you a woodpecker, because then you get attacked, oh. you know, a ton of times." <laughs> oh my god, so many stabs! Yeah. So many stabs! Eventually, you guys get to the point where you gotta go your separate ways. All right. Well, see you tonight. Yep. 
Wait, are we do are we Same doing direction. that? Do do we know? You you'll let me know. I assume so. Okay. You gonna get your phone turned back on tonight? You think? Uh, yeah, I'm probably gonna go home and charge it up and then stick it in the rice. Um, let it be dead first. Uh, you want to let your dad see you cleaning off the mud, and then you want to oh. put it in the rice, and then you want to charge it. You Good probably plan. you might need to like give it another day or two, actually. Okay. Yeah. So just be listening for thought speak, I guess. Okie dokie. I don't know if I'll be with Van or if she'll just come get you first. Whatever. Anyway, see ya. And then off on a skateboard. She just waves. He doesn't see her. As she realizes that he doesn't see her, she just like looks at her hand and looks like she feels really stupid and just puts it down slowly. Oh. Uh, Zach, where are you headed? Home. Uh, it takes you, like, another 40-ish minutes. What's the time looking like? Like, I look at my phone. 8.15-ish. Cool. I'll make it. With five minutes to spare. Uh, as you walk in, your mom's there. She says, oh, hey, Zach, uh, did you get all your all your homework done? Um, yeah, except for one thing. I actually got to talk to uh, Dad. Is he home yet? Uh, yeah, he's just in the bathroom. Give him a sec. Oh, um, yeah, just come grab me in like 30 minutes when he's out. Yeah. You head up to your room? Yeah. Uh, Mo's in there. Back in there. Mo fucked it up. Watch out! He's, he's listening to Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kicking over my furniture. Hey, bud! And then, like, I'll give him some seed and... And then, like, as he's doing that, he's gonna go, oh, I gotta let Possum out. Fuck. <laughs> ah, fuck. Fuck the police. Uh, shit. He's gonna, like, throw his bag down and run back downstairs and go, Hey, uh, Mom, I forgot something at Van's house. Can I? I gotta. I'll be, like, 20 minutes tops. Uh, as you say that, your dad comes out. Oh, hey. Hey, hey Dad. Um, I don't know if we can do it tonight, but, like, maybe tomorrow. I was hoping I could. Um, maybe I could work with you. Uh, I kind of like to borrow some tools. I've got like an art project I got to do for school. Uh, I was supposed to go with with the guys bowling tomorrow, but you know what? No, you're that's my cool. son. Like, no, no, it's you're not my due son. For a little bit, you're my son, and I love you. It's true. I'll, be I'll there. love you too, Dad. Okay. Right after school. Wait a minute. I was just. I got to make a sword. You're gonna make a sword? Yeah, I got like a piece of junk metal. And I gotta make a sword for, like, an art project. I love swords. Right? Yeah. I thought I thought you'd be into it. But, like, we could do it after bowling or something. It's not a big deal. No, fuck bowling. Whoa. No, yeah, fuck my friends. I don't care. I'm gonna <laughs> I'll be here with my son. Okay. Right on, Dad. Okay, but, like, for real, I, gotta, I just gotta run to Vans really fast, and I'll be right back. Hey, you're grounded. I know, I know. I just forgot something. It's for Savannah? Yeah. I'll be back in 20 minutes. Go do what you have to. Hurry. Hurry. He grabs his board. Judge Judy's coming on. Oh. You know I don't watch that. So. That's not a real big incentive for me. I gotta go. Alright. He goes. He runs to Savannah's house and like goes up. Gets in. Takes Possum. Goes out. Walks Possum very, 
Very cool and calm. Do you clean up his poop? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I know the whole drill. I've I've been helping with Possum since he was a puppy. And I don't let Possum see that I'm in a hurry. Because I don't want him to feel like he's being, you know, rushed. So, I, I if he's peed on the floor inside, I clean that up. Mm-mm, not I, this I, time. Good. What a good puppy. And I, I take him out. We go for a walk. He does all his business. We sniff some stuff. He sniffs it. I sniff it. He sniffs it again. And then we go... I want him to know it's a team effort. Yeah, he appreciates it. At first, when he sniffs something and then you smell it, he does like the little puppy cock his head look. But then he's like into it and he sniffs it with you. And then you guys, hell yeah. (laughs) And then we and we get back in there, and I'm gonna give him a lot of pets and scritches, and uh, fill up his bowls. And then uh, yeah, I feed up, I feed him up, and water him up, and pets and scritches, and I throw like a ball one more time. And then when he's going to chase the ball, I leave. The, you press the button, and as he comes back, bing, the elevator opens, and sad puppy dog eyes as you're about to get on. And he does, he looks over to the fridge and looks back at you. What's up? He starts whining and looks at the fridge again and goes over and, like, claws at the fridge. He, like, runs, like, does a circle right by the fridge and hops up on it and, like, looks back at you while he's hopped up on it. You know that there is something in that fridge that he wants. I open the door. You've been around enough and it clicks to you now. Uh, he wants some whipped cream. Oh, hell yeah. I got you, homie. Um, I, I was just kidding. I wasn't leaving yet. And then I go over to the fridge. I get the whipped cream out and I'm like, I, I, I get the whipped cream, and then I'm like, no, that's not what you wanted. And I put it back, and I get out the mustard, and I'm like, is he it this? starts whining, and like he, he doesn't <laughs> and I, and bite I, you or anything, but like he uh, he does bite the end of your pants leg and starts like pulling you. Not to be like, you know, aggressive, but like, come on. No, he's playing. <gasps> oh, it, it was this, and I get the whipped cream. Tail wagon, he's like doing the thing where he jumps up. I put some on his nose. He like does his head back and forth, and then he eventually... Licks it off. Tails wagging. And then um, I'll, I'm going to put some in my hand. And I'm going to slap it so it goes up in the air. Oh, fuck! He, tr- he tries to catch it. And as he does, uh, it smacks him right in like his forehead and covers his eyes. And he like does the thing where he goes down and like uh, I wipes help him. it off. I'm like, going to get a wet paper towel and like help him clean off. Oh, sorry, dude. He does this thing and he looks up at you and he's just got like whipped cream. Like after you've wiped it out of his eyes, he just got kind of circle of and like oh, whipped cream smeared down his off. face. But he's he's licking it off the floor. He doesn't seem to be bothered by it. All right, shake. Uh, he shakes his whole body and then goes no, back to lick. Give me your paw. Uh, he looks up, gives you his paw. I put like a big pile of whipped cream on the back of his paw. He just looks at it and looks back at you and then just starts licking it off his paw as he lays it. And I put the whipped cream up and close the fridge door. He, there's a little whine when you do it, but then he goes back to the one on his arm. Gotta save some for later, man. <laughs> and then uh, one more pet and then I'm out. And he lets you go this time as the, the elevator bings again. He cleans up whatever mess is left from it. There's probably some whipped cream splattered <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> but not for long. Yeah. So then I get back home. And you get back home.
Dylan, you get to the West Side Christian Church, and there's like a gym to the side of it, and that's where your meeting is. Uh, I think Dylan's actually going to like hang out right outside the door for a bit, just like contemplating not going in. As you're like kind of standing out there, you see like most of the members are already in because you are running a little late. Mm-hmm. But there's one guy that you notice as he's walking in. You recognize him from the festival night when you and Cameron and Bart, they went back to smoke and you saw another guy doing some other drugs. He uh, is smoking a cigarette as he gets to the door, takes one last draw off of it, throws it. And then opens the door to the gym and walks in. Uh, yeah, Dylan's gonna wait just a, like a beat, realizing where she knows the guy from, and then she's gonna head in behind him, but try to try to not be seen by him. As you get in there, in the middle of the gym floor, in the basketball floor, you see about uh, six or seven people all in like a circle in these those metal chairs, the metal fold-out chairs. And he goes in the one and he sits down in it. There's like three or four empty chairs. and I think she's going to go and get coffee and listen first. You see one of the guys stand up and he says, uh, we're going to go ahead and get started, everybody. And he, he says, uh, I'd like to just welcome everybody to the Ocean Grove Recovery Program. Uh, my name is Pastor Gary or Daniel, whatever you want to call me. Uh, If this is your first time here, I'll tell you a little bit about the program. We foster a safe space for people in recovery to uh, come and share their stories or listen to other individuals that have been dealing with the same kind of struggles that they are. Uh, We don't force you guys to do anything or participate in any way. Um, We just encourage you to recover in the best way for you. Me, personally, I'm partial to Jesus Christ, but I also don't. I also realize that he's not the way for everyone. I'll tell you a little bit about our organization. Um, the OGRP was founded just five years ago by the late former police chief, Sierra Rose, God rest her soul. She lost family members to drug and alcohol abuse when she was young. She used to say it was just so important for us to have a place where we wouldn't feel judged where people could relate to each other and understand, or even just listen. And so she started this organization. Before we begin with the stories, I like to share a quote with the group that just and what it means to me. Uh, so that's what I'll do right now. This, the quote uh, that I'm going to talk about is, is this. The minute you think of giving up, think of the reason why you held on so long. And what comes to my mind first is loved ones. We build each other up in here, and we're all about positivity and growth, but make no mistake about this. This is a gritted teeth, nail-scraping fight every day for all of us. And it's awesome for you to come in here and say, today's the day, no more addiction. But the fight really comes later, when the good feelings of finally taking the first step wear off. And it doesn't come easy to any of us. And that's why you have to remember what you're fighting for. Whatever it is, your job, your car. If not for you, then maybe for your spouse or your children, your siblings, maybe your mother, your father. And then he like looks around to the room. He says, uh, 
Okay, um, would anybody like to share their stories? A man does stand up from one of the chairs. And he looks around everybody. He's got uh, kind of a dark, darker complexion, uh, black hair, a uh, thick black mustache. And he slurs a little bit when he says this. My name is Lewis. And you know what? I drink. And I'm not recovering. You sit up here, Danny, and you tell me to remember my reasons. What reasons? I lost two of my reasons for this country. And then I lost my next reason because I couldn't deal with that. Now guess where my last reason is. Lewis, please, I understand that this is hard, but let's let's try to find the try to find the light. I said guess where he's at, Danny. Uh, the man that's yelling now stomps his foot down. And when he does, uh, a flask falls out of his jacket. And you see the pastor sigh. Where, Lewis? Where's your last reason? And Lewis looks down at the flask and then around everybody. He uh, bends down to pick it up and studies it. And tears start to fall. And he softly says... I don't know. And then he wipes his face with his sleeve and he storms towards the door and out of the meeting. Uh, the pastor says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, normally in any other group setting, there would be an apology after something like that. But that is what addiction is. And I hope that man finds his reason. And he looks around at everybody in the eyes and he says, just like the rest of you. Now, would, would anyone else, would anyone else like to share? Uh, Dylan's going to walk up and sit in the chairs, actually, and like, is really paying attention now. As you sit down, uh, uh, after like, this initial shock from everybody kind of wears down, um, a few more people start to stand up and they, they tell their stories. They tell about how they fall into addiction. And while some of the stories are heartbreaking and, and form kind of like about where these people were in the lowest points of their lives, you see that people are finding solace in the fact that they're strong enough to overcome or at least try. Uh, one girl a few years older than you is so proud of herself because she's been sober for a whole week. And this group, when they hear that, they start clapping for her. There's no judgment. There's no, like, minimum. You've been sober for a day or ten years. It's the same to these people. You're trying. After Dylan hears the girl who's been sober for a week, uh, Dylan's going to, like, raise her hand. It's not the first time that she's spoken up in group. Um, so I think that they all pretty much know her. She, she does the whole, hi, I'm Dylan. Um, hi, Dylan. Wow, I am... Six months and three days. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Wow. 
Um, I just wanted to say, um, thank you for standing up and talking. Um, cause I was, I was there six months ago and it's amazing to have you here. Um, I lost all of my friends six months ago and today I think I got some new ones and I'm just really happy to be in a place where I think I can have that again. So thank you. And she just kind of sits back down sheepishly. Uh, the pastor says, uh, you're welcome, Dylan. Uh, the girl that was has been sober for a week, uh, she takes the seat next to you after that and kind of like puts her hand on your leg and just smiles like she w- was touched by it. So as this meeting wraps up and everybody, you know, starts to leave, um, you notice that guy from the woods before. And he kind of ducks out of one of the side doors. Uh, she's she's going to try and keep an eye on him. Like, she's going to go out the side door, too, but quietly. As you follow him out, he goes to a nearby alley um, that's, like, kind of across the street. And you can still kind of see him, got have, like, a good vantage point on him. And... Uh, he's like behind a dumpster and he like kind of looks around, looks at, pulls something out of his pocket and you can tell from where you're at that he's about to use and he does. And a few minutes later, he kind of leans against the wall and slides down it. Yeah, she's just going to watch that happen and take in the whole moment of everything that has happened and then she's gonna go back inside um to Dan and she's gonna let him know what she just saw uh he shakes his head and he says that is very unfortunate but I'll send somebody to help him thank you okay. Dylan um thank you for sharing so many people come in here and just sit and that's fine like they can do whatever I just like it when they share so I can get a deeper feeling for what's going on with them so I can help them better you did the right thing I hope so and he like puts a hand on your shoulder and he says uh you did you you may have saved this man. Who knows? Feel good about it. She's just gonna nod, and she's gonna be like, see you next week. See ya. And uh, he does get some guy, or talk to some people, and you see him start to head that way. Yeah, she's gonna head home. As you walk down the road... Uh, away from your meeting and at now the the sky is now night and it's um, the moon's out stars and everything and we just see Dylan's form turn to a silhouette as she walks down the road